The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. <laughs> back in the pick six podcast video edition and audio edition that's how we roll now these days got the handsome tan face of pete prisco on my screen makes life a lot better on my thursday for your friday i'm will brinson this is the daily cbs sports nfl podcast reminder that you can get the youtube version before you get the audio apple podcast version as it's up on youtube.com slash CBS Sports pretty quickly after we film this. Also, of course, here as he is for every picks show, every picks pod, the master of sports line, the uh, the prince of picks. How about the RJ? I like that. Prince of picks. RJ Ooh, White. Ooh. That's catchy, Will. That's really catchy. Thank you. Uh, I guess you're the king, prince, That means I'm the king because we got a leaderboard up right now. Thank you. That's uh, very helpful. Let's go and check that out. I went four and one last week. Who knew? Seven and three overall, 70% on my best bets on this podcast. I recommend uh, following until it crashes into a wall and then start fading quickly. RJ, three and two to go eight and four. It's still 67%. That's great. Uh, and Pete, moving on up. Two Lagging. Two. Lagging. What? Yeah, but you know what? Like I like to say, when the leaves turn brown, I'll be wearing the league crown. <laughs> 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 I never get tired of that saying. Even, <laughs> even though we're in South Florida, they never turn brown. <laughs> That's right. uh, yeah, we gotta get. I gotta get a gutter guy out here at my house. Maybe I'll, I gotta go rake some leaves. Maybe I'll do that after we get done. We've heard that. I heard you do that. <laughs> I rake leaves. I like. I like working in my yard. It's uh, cathartic. It's like uh, you know. Look, you spend enough time talking to you. <laughs> I gotta do you, something. Yeah. Or, or in our text chain, one or the other. Oh God, this text chain is hell on earth. Anyway. <laughs> Um, let's dive into the games because we only have a limited amount of time with Pete. He'll hang out and then bounce and RJ and I will dive into some other games. But uh, we have some best bets to get to, first of all, from Pete and a high-profile game. The Ravens at the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are minus 6.5. The over-under is 53. It's moved all over the board. It opened at 51, got up to 55, now settled back down at 53. Pete, I would first ask you, is this game symbolic of the future of football? Uh, in what way? That they're throwing well, the ball over the place? Like, yeah, like Ben and Breeze are out, you know, getting their elbow and, you know. Uh, so it's a changing, in other words, a changing of the guard with the the quarterback position. I, like, Mahomes like, changed it last year for him. I sure, mean, sure, sure. I mean, he's a star of stars, so I don't think there's a changing of the guard there. But for Lamar Jackson, it could be. And, and this is going to be a good proving ground for Lamar Jackson. So far, he's had two free passes, two free spaces against 
Miami, who is awful, and Arizona, whose defense is awful. So we'll see this week at Arrowhead. The Chiefs aren't great on defense either, but that's Arrowhead. That's a tough place to play. It's a big game. Uh, Mahomes will put pressure on them. I, you know, that total is strange to me. And call me a fish because it looks fishy. But I, I'm I'm being fished in. I'm going over with the total as one of my best bets. I'm going over with the best bet uh, on the total as well. And it's coming out even more. I think by the time we're recording, it's 52 and a half, sometimes 52. I don't know what people are seeing there. These teams have combined for 150 points scored in two games, so I don't know why the total's falling. Both teams played bad offenses in both their games, so the good defensive rankings that they might have are suspect. Uh, Kansas City's got two running backs missing from practice, so maybe people are reacting to that in the, in the Fisher news, but wouldn't Mahomes throw more if he doesn't have his running back? So, I mean, that should lead to more points. Plus, he's got the kid. He can put him in there. He can run, too. They, they find running backs on shelves. He just right. throw him in there. And then Casey's given up a lead worth six yards per carry. That's not great for stopping Lamar Jackson in the Baltimore offense, especially what they showed in, in week two. In week one, they threw it all over the place. Week two, they showed he can run it all over the place. So, you got Casey that can't stop the run. I mean, there's going to be a ton of points scored. I don't know why this total. I don't get it. It, it looks fishy, though. A little bit fishy. Yeah, I mean, I would say this about the total. Um, one, I'm not, and this doesn't affect my thought process on it, but it is the currently second highest tracked over under, uh, excuse me, third highest tracked over under on Action Network's bets that they look at for every, for all the games. The, the highest being uh, Tennessee Jacksonville on Thursday night when they went under or everybody bet on the under. We don't, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, um, the money is more on the side of the under. And I think the logic, at least for me, and I took the over when it came out. I think I took it at 53, and then I thought it might keep running up, and it came back to earth, obviously. The logic on the under would be that Baltimore approaches this with the idea we are going to have – we're not going to take shots down the field. We're not take as many down the field. We're going to try and grind out uh, runs with Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, you know, mix Justice Hill in there, let Lamar run, eat up clock, keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, wear down the Chiefs defense so we can score at their own will. Uh, and then, you know, still, you know, you want to be efficient with your drives, but not to be maybe as explosive. Does that, I mean, is that, is that a sound business plan, RJ? No, because that's when you look up and you're down 14 nothing and you're out of your game sure. plan because you're not stopping him. You're just not. They're not going to stop Mahomes and company. So you're going to look up. Oh, wait, we got to drive to a field goal, but they're up 14 three. And next thing you know, you got to get out of that. This, this game is going over. Not only that, I think the Chiefs are good, uh, the best, uh, one of my best bets too. I, I'm not buying into the Ravens yet. I got to see it to believe it. And I think defensively, they're a little different than they've been over the years. They don't have the same, uh, swagger, same toughness, same uh, ability to rush the passer. To me, it's a little concerning. Uh, so I got to see it to believe it. I would go Ravens. I would lean to the Ravens plus six and a half. And it's actually come down on the line. So it might even get down under six, but it's six right now. Yeah, I'm on the other side of most people on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't know how that Chiefs defense stops anybody with how they've looked. And the Baltimore has some defensive issues too. They're likely without Jimmy Smith again. Mahomes can pick apart that secondary. So who knows? But you know, you got good safety play there as well. So maybe that, that takes into account. And I don't know. It's just you, you look for teams that can hit the back door. Like if Baltimore's down 12, can they cover the number? Of course, because the Chiefs can't play defense. So you can see them going down, getting a touchdown the game ending. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be fearful of it, but I still think Kansas City's going to get get whatever they want, and I think that's going to put so much pressure on this young offense. I mean, they've been great so far. Don't you can't take anything away from them. You don't see it as like one of those Chiefs Rams game where it's just back and forth. No, touchdown. I don't. I don't think the Ravens are going. to I don't think the Ravens. I got to see more. I, look, the Ravens have looked great on offense. The Chiefs aren't good on defense, but they're better than the first two teams they've played on defense. Mm -hmm. So I think it's and it's the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. It's going to be crazy. Um, I'll, I'll lay the points. Worth noting, the points through two uh, two weeks in the NFL, uh, Football Outsiders compiles points per drive scored, right? Pretty obvious statistic. You don't need me to explain why that makes sense. The more 
points you score in a drive, the better off you are. Baltimore leads the NFL at 3.9 points per drive. Uh, the Chiefs are third at 3.24. Dallas second at 3.67. They're the only three teams uh, above three points per drive. That's really, really efficient. And then when you look at uh, time of possession per drive, Baltimore also first, 342 per drive, which is eating up a ton of clock. Uh, the Chiefs all the way down at number 10, but still, you know, 302 per drive. I mean, that's, that's really good to be top 10 there. And they are more explosive. So again, like the only way I see it going under is if A, the, the red zone defenses for these teams step up and limit what they can do, or B, the Ravens just decide we want to eat as much clock as possible. Felt like that's what they did last year in Kansas City when they took them to overtime. I, again, I like the over two. Uh, I, I will take the Ravens though as one of my best bets. Would have liked it at seven. Love the Ravens in a teaser. Especially if you can get it up to like, what, 16 and a half in a three game, three, 10 point three game teaser. Um, but I will, uh, I'll take the Ravens and you know what, RJ? I'm going to sprinkle on the money line as well. Not for purposes of our best bets here, but I, yeah, for people listening, I would yeah, sprinkle like a, yeah, say 10 bucks on the money line, maybe. Yeah, I'll see why not? I mean, it's a high variance game, you know, it just, you, you don't, I don't, you I don't see it. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm in the minority, but I don't see it. I, I think the Chiefs will put too much pressure on that team and, and again, I just, I gotta see it to believe it against a good team. Uh, they've been great so far, but I gotta see it to believe it. I you won't believe, believe it with the Chiefs defense. Well, Chiefs defense isn't good, but, but the Chiefs defense is better than the first two they've played and they're at home. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I Maybe see they, Their home field advantage used to be a lot stronger than it is now when I do my home field calculations. They aren't, they aren't as good as you would think sometimes. They're not bad, but I mean, they're not like top of the league anymore. It's still a tough place to play. Right. There's, there's no, you can't second guess that whether the stats, whatever the stats mm-hmm. say, it's still a tough place to play. By the way, one thing just to keep in mind, I don't think it applies quite as much to this game as it did last week. I, I missed on this last week. I regret it. Uh, when the Chiefs were down 10 nothing to the Raiders, because live betting works in like an algorithm style thing, it's not like somebody watching and say, don't do that, don't do that. Uh, the Chiefs are a pick. You could get the Chiefs as a pick, like plus money to win the game outright. So if the Ravens come out hot and score early and maybe the Chiefs stall out on a drive and you want to try and take the Chiefs live, that's not a bad spot to do it either. You, but you know, that's really the only bet that you would have right there. Raiders at Vikings. We do have a lot of best bets from that game. We'll recap those at the end. Raiders at Vikings. Vikings are minus eight and a half. The over under. 43 and a half. Pete, are you in or out on Derek Carr leading another early charge? Well, it's not so much I'm in or out on Derek Carr. I'm in on Kirk Cousins this week because it's not a big game. If it was a big game, I would not take the Minnesota Vikings. This game is not a big game. He's at home. He will look like a great quarterback again or a good quarterback again. And then when they play another big game, he'll go back to being Kirk Cousins. I think this is a tough spot for the Raiders. I just don't I think the Vikings defense is still very, very good. I think Cook will run the ball, but Kirk Cousins will be the ultimate player who decides this game, and he will play very good football and put up big numbers. He was kind of, you know, his coach came out and stood by him this week. He has no choice. Last week, big game, played like crap. This week, not a big game, will play very well. They cover the number. Yeah, I don't know that it matters how much what, what Cousins plays. It's, I don't have faith in the Raiders offense going out there doing anything against that defense in Minnesota. So Cousins could have another one of those 8-for-10 eight, eight type games that he had in week one, and they win by 16 running away. So the Raiders offense could be sluggish in the first half. It's a 1 p.m. game, so maybe you even take it. I don't know what the first half line is for the Vikings, but if it's like 4 or 4.5, you know, I would take that too, if it, think, thinking the Raiders would be slow starters. Vikings offense has had its own issue, but because, you know, like Pete said, Cousins finds success against bad teams, I think um, I'm just going to lean on the under instead of playing the under as a best bet, but my lean would be to the under because I don't know how the Raiders score points. So you don't like the side on the game? 
No, it's a little too big high number, for me. Big it's, number. It's a good team to tease down. Like, I'll probably take them and tease them with the Packers and yes. just expect those two strong teams at home to win by, you know, at least I like that teaser. Points. That's a good teaser. I like that. Yeah, I, uh, the Vikings, by the way, minus four and a half in the first half. I like that. I like that a lot too, RJ. That's a good call. I got the Vikings as the best bet too. Um, as we pointed out in this podcast and as Kenny White pointed out before the season, the Vikings have a great home field advantage, one of the best in football when it comes to against the spread numbers. They have a great coach in Mike Zimmer when it comes to against the spread numbers. I think he'll be a little pissed off about how, how that Packers game went. I think, you know, they, they could have won that. I know, I know cousins looked like crap. I get it, but they could have won that game. They had multiple chances to win the game, right? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. No, they could have won the game, but they were outplayed for a lot of that game too. I mean, yeah. Uh, for sure. They were down 21 nothing. I'm just saying they could have won the you're game. You're just like, grasping on to your Super Bowl pick. That's all you're doing. All I'm saying is that the Vikings could easily be 2-0 and with a win in Lambeau, and then I don't think this line would be 8.5. I think it'd be like 11 or 12. Are you uh, standing by your Super Bowl pick? Yeah, until yeah, until they're eliminated, sure. <laughs> you like, a, you <laughs> like a Super Bowl? Bowl you like his? Well, I mean, the rest, the rest of the NFC is falling apart, so I don't see why not. I mean, yeah. it's not going to be the Saints. Yeah, not gonna, not? It might not be the Eagles with all these injuries they're having, and so Packers down to uh, Vikings and the Cowboys, maybe. This guy, this guy, this guy picked the Packers and the Patriots to make the Super Bowl for the seventeenth time in his twenty years. Oh no! Oh no! I was an idiot. I picked the Jaguars last year. Let's not forget that. I can admit it. We Packer, your, Packers, your Packers pick <laughs> looks good. I hope it's wrong, but it looks good. And uh bold call the Patriots. I tip my cat to you. You went out of the limb. Well, who'd you pick in the AFC? Pittsburgh. So it's really totally dead. Oh, but no, no, no. My quarterback went down. That's what you did with Rodgers last year. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like you're you're grasping. Yes, even if he hadn't got even if he hadn't gone down and won that game, would you still like your Super Bowl pick? pick left? I don't think they were winning that game with him in there. <laughs> uh, no. uh they they're just they were a bad team. I think they're better with Mason Rudolph, but we'll get to that. Uh, in a minute, I, like I said, I got the uh, I got the Vikings here. Pete has the Vikings. RJ would lean under. The only thing that would worry me about that under, by the way, is that I could see Mike Zimmer looking at this game as an opportunity to maybe throw his wide receivers and his quarterback a bone with some play action shots down the field. Any any chance that because everybody people are freaking out about Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and fantasy with good reason. Like they're just not going to throw the ball a ton. They're down twenty one nothing, and he's, Kirk Cousins still couldn't get to forty attempts. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe took some shots down the field here in order to appease the egos involved. But what's more, you know, what, what's more important to you, getting the win or getting the fantasy stats for those guys? I think you do, you do, you do what you need to do to get the win, and that's giving Cook the ball and letting him, you know, run rough shot like he's done the first. Time. And we know what Zimmer wants to do. He wants to run right, the ball, of course. What he wants to right. do. So I'm just saying, just saying. I still think uh, Kirk Cousins is going to play well in this game. And, that's and what I'm saying. Up, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Cousins had two no, I do. connected, and then they they roll them. Uh, Jets at Patriots. Woohoo, man. The Patriots are minus 22 and a half for the first time. Pete, or actually, Pete, I got a question. What year did you start covering the NFL? Nah, 19. My first Super Bowl was 1989. Yours was? Yeah. Okay. We were trying to decide if you were covering the, the league in 87 the other day because I, well, I was doing stuff covering the, like part time for the, for the covering the Dolphins and doing stuff. Yes. Okay, well, because my in first 80s, game in the NFL covering the NFL was in 1983 in Denver. I was born in, in Denver. In Denver, yeah. RJ was born in '86. You know that. True story in Denver. Correct, huh? Nobody knew Elway wasn't playing, and Kubiak was starting, and mm-hmm. Seattle uh, was. They were playing Seattle because remember they used to be in the same division over there, and they came in, and I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. He's not going to play. They're going to have trouble. 
And so I called a couple of my buddies who bet, and I told them. They didn't uh, win because Kubiak won the game. Ooh. Uh, so anyway, 1987. The reason I ask is 1987 was the last time and the only other time in NFL history that we've had two 20-plus point favorites in a single week. The difference is 87, strike season, right? Because uh, in um, – in uh, 87, it was one of the games was the 49ers. At New at England, right? Fal- no, no, at the-, the Patriots, at the, at the Falcons, excuse me. At the- and Montana and all the guys had crossed the picket line and come back to play for the 49ers. But like Eric Kramer was still, NC State legend, was still starting for the Falcons uh, after he'd gone undrafted. And so you had, I don't want to use the word for crossing a line because I, I don't know if it's, you know, you know what word I'm it's talking about? Scab. Yeah, can you say that? I don't know. Is that offensive? Yeah. I- no, okay. that's what they were. At any rate, the Scabs were against the original players, and so they had two games that were 20-plus point lines. Um, neither team covered, but that was the last time. So this is the first time in non-strike in a non-strike season we've had 20-point favorites, and the Patriots naturally are one of those uh, one of those teams. Only 11 teams in NFL history, or, or since the merger, excuse me, have been favored by 20 points or more. These teams are 11 and 0 straight up, but two and nine against the spread. What do you think about this Patriots game, Pete? This is going to be the one that goes to make it three and nine because I hate laying 22 and a half points, but man, Luke Falk, are you kidding me? This Jets team is terrible. New England's going to throw all kinds of different looks at them. And, and look, you're going to look up and it's going to be 21 nothing, right? And then you say, okay, will they get to 28 and or will they get to 30? And the answer is yes. It's going to be an easy cover. It'll end up being like 35 seven. They will cover the number. That sounds like a lot of points. It is a lot of points in most NFL games. In this one, it won't be. And believe me, I hate laying that number. Well, you say, yeah, this involves Luke Falk, and that's why it's this, this, and you know those. Well, the, you know what? What um, scenarios had to happen for them to get to twenty-one plus before? You know, it's always a guy like Luke Falk that's starting on the other side. It's right. always a, a completely overmatched team, and they're still two and nine against the spread, just because teams. You're at odds with what what the actual Patriots are trying to do in the game because if it's 22 and a half and they're up 16, they're not going for 23 in the fourth quarter. They're just sitting on their lead. Oh, I get what you're you saying. You see a lot of those things. You happen. saw that last week in the in the Dolphins. Right, that was too. one of the rare instances right. where yeah, it paid off. So that's why I'm not taking the Jets. I'm just staying away. I don't think you can lay this many points. I hate uh, laying it, but I'm any laying. money on the Patriots, uh, you know, minus 22 and a half. I don't think you can bet the under because New England can score 50. You know, like like that game. I agree. Last week, so I just stay away from this game. Not not even bother with it. I I, I just I hate. Eight laying big numbers, but this is one I'm going to lay. I can't see. I can't see making this. A if best you had to pick the game, what would you pick? Uh, Jets. You take the Jets. Would you, Will? Yeah, I mean, I would take the Jets. And the, this is what I was trying to figure out because I was running. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to publish a piece this afternoon about all those different about you know how the historical trends of these teams. And I was thinking back to that 2013 game between the Jaguars and the Broncos. Remember the Broncos? You remember that Peyton's great year when? Uh, the, the Seahawks slaughtered the Jaguars in week three. The Jags were like, I think four and 12 that year under Gus Bradley. They'd won two games a year before, something like that. They lost their first five games by like an average of 26 points. Broncos won their first five games by an average of like 28 points. And the Broncos came out open as a 28 point favorite in week six at home against the Jaguars. And they won like 35 to 19. And it was actually kind of a close game. And I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think the Jets are going to keep it close. 
But we should get C.J. Mosley and Quentin Williams back, and we don't know that for sure, right? But, I mean, if their defense is back, they can at least limit it. And that game against the Patriots, the, game, the Patriots-Dolphins game was 23 nothing, and the Dolphins were driving to score and basically lock in that cover. And then they threw a couple pick sixes, and it, it went the other way. So I would take the Jets, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet it. But if I was doing a picks league, I would take the Jets because history favors your side. So you would um, take the Dolphins, you would take the Dolphins this week then? Yeah, yeah. I think everybody's gonna take the Cowboys, everybody's yeah. gonna take yeah. the Patriots. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching. Those teams are awful. I'm, I'd stay away from the, like, let's yeah, they're be clear. Dreadful. I'd just stay away they're from dreadful. the game altogether. I think New England's gonna I have to, I'm Jets, taking the Dolphins. And I think, I think, I think part of Belichick would like to rub Gase's face in it and, and the whole deal. I just, I don't think they like each other and, uh, I just don't mm. think this, this is going to be a, a good situation for the Jets. I think it's a bad team all the way around. I, you know, they're very limited in terms of talent. And the, the New England offensive line is a little concerning. That's a little concerning, but I don't think – I think Skarniecki will get him to play whoever plays above and beyond what they should. So what's your strategy if you're the Jets in this game? You just come in, like, pin your ears back and try to get at Brady and hope you shake him up a little bit. Yeah. And that keeps your game close. Yeah. So, I mean, what if they do get a hit on him in the first half? And yeah, then it's well, all of a sudden, you know, yeah. you're like – I just I'm, – I'm not taking the Jets. I, I just think the Patriots are going to win by 28 points in this game. I, I will I, say I, just one more, one more trend, and actually if we can sort of – segue this into the Dolphins and Cowboys game too, because that's the, ne- the one we're going to talk about next. Um, but of the, so we're looking at those 11 games that I was talking about where the 20, 20 point spreads, we're going to take out, take out 1987 because that's just a weird situation, right? Uh, of the, so of the nine remaining games, and remember those have gone two and seven, uh, only three of them have been in the first half of this first eight weeks of the season. And those games are two, the, the favorite covered two to one. So you almost want, cause, I mean, a lot of these games where these 20 point spreads happened were the 2007 Patriots. And it was late in the season. And they, they, they opened up the season nine and one against the spread, which is bananas. They covered four games in that nine and one stretch with a two, uh, two touchdowns, two touchdowns or more spread. And then Vegas just started ramping up the total so much because they just, everybody was hammering the Patriots. And so the Patriots were terrible against the spread down the stretch that year because they were like 23 and, you know, 20, 24 and a half, 24. I mean, all this crazy stuff. Uh, so I just wonder if maybe this early in the season, there might be, some intrinsic value in the 20 points. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. I, I agree. It's a stay away, but just worth thinking about the trends. Worth thinking. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the Dolphins and I wouldn't probably lay the points on the Cowboys, but this one I think is going to be a division. You, you know what happens if you parlay the two uh, money lines? If you just try to take those huge favorites and parlay the money lines? $100 bet. What do you think it pays out? $10. Like $4. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> it's so low. What would the money line on the, on the two dogs pay? Oh, something crazy, like, like 115 to one or something crazy. Yeah, it's got to well, be like, if you put a hundred bucks on the money line on those two parlays, Brinson, parlay the two underdogs to win outright on the money line. Tell me what that plays if you put hundred bucks on it. It's like twenty grand. It's like twenty something. If we, yeah. If we uh, if we if we do a hundred bucks, yeah, on the Dolphins to win and the Patriots to win in a par, I mean, and the Jets to win in a parlay. See, now I would argue too that this is where it's okay to Google. Oh my God. The Patriots, by the way, have moved from minus 3,500 to minus 7,000. That is, it's, it pays less than that, I think. And this is, I'm looking on, on an offshore and then the, uh, Cowboys are minus 3,500. Uh, a parlay, a $100 parlay would on. win $4.33. No, no. That's what I said. That's on what the, he said. The other, no, the other the Dolphins side. and Jets. If you took the Dolphins uh, and the Jets uh, on the money line. Well, the the Jets are plus two thousand, and Pete's, the Dolphins plus. Pete's trying to retire, so. No. By the way, just for the record, like fifteen. How much would it pay? Figure it out. 
put it in. Figure it out. And I'm just talking here. Eight thousand. If you oh no sorry if you bet oh god if you bet a hundred bucks it would pay thirty three thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, Why not go throw yeah, that yeah. down? Go throw huh? it down. I mean that's why is I go throw a hundred bucks in the water behind you here in the lake over here? Come on. I mean I'm, I'm gonna put twenty five on it. Pay eight thousand three hundred seventy five bucks. Good luck. Yeah. Well, it, no, hey, not happening. After you rent on that mansion you got for a month, Pete. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, the key yeah, So the Cowboys, uh, no play on this game for any of us. The Cowboys are minus 21 and a half. It actually moved up since it was announced that Josh Rosen is the starter. Pete, smart or not smart going with Josh Rosen, first game in Dallas against what's a pretty good defense. When does it matter? Can you just protect him in all 16 games and not play him? I mean, they're terrible. So, no, I'd play him. Get on with it. Find out what he does. It, it, look, he's going to struggle. This team stinks. It's a bad football team. Uh, Fitzpatrick wasn't any good. He won't be any good. He wasn't good last week when he came in, although he made a couple good throws, I thought, last mm-hmm. week. Um, he's better than Fitzpatrick, but I'm taking Dallas in the game. I, I, I don't love it, though, because it's so many points, and I hate giving points, but I'm not. there's not a chance in hell you can get me to take the Dolphins. Well, there's not a chance in hell you get me to lay 20 points in an NFL game, so I'm just staying away. This isn't college. But if you had to pick one, which would you pick? The Dolphins. Look at these, yeah. these trends all favor Dallas, too. Like, I mean, Miami 0 and 7 straight up in their past seven road games. Well, they're not going to win. Don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about the straight up. Don't worry about the straight up. The first, the first I think that's, that's irrelevant. How about the, how about the over under 47? Yeah, I would Dallas, go under. Dallas I would probably go under, too. Points. I'd probably Pete, go under, too. 34. Under. Okay. 34-7. This will be the Zeke game. This will be the Zeke gets 32 carries. Yeah, 34-7. 205 yards. 34 is a good final. Yeah. Go under. I actually, I actually think this is the Tony Pollard game, but that's just, um, I don't think they paid Zeke. They won't want to give him 30 carries. Next up, Steelers at the 49ers. My Steelers. My man, Mason Rudolph. Chris Trapasso's man. This is Chris Trapasso SZN season right now. If Mason Rudolph if Mason Rudolph goes off this season and has a great year and is like the Steelers' next franchise quarterback, Trapasso should get to do whatever he wants to Brady Quinn on live on HQ. Yes, he should. <laughs> and and, he, like, that, and look, the way those quarterbacks are playing, Baker Mayfield hasn't been very good, has he? No. Right? Um, Sam Darnold not playing. Um, Josh, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen not playing. Josh Allen's the best of them right now. <laughs> Lamar well, Jackson. I mean, there's a guy picked 32nd. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah. to be determined, but he is. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is the best right now. But but if Mason if Mason Rudolph goes off, Trapasso should be able like to if, dunk on Brady. So how many weeks would he have to play well for then all of a sudden him to be like say the top a top three guy in that class? Like Who, Rudolph. Yeah, Rudolph. the rest of the like, season. Like say if he well, I mean say like they he performs well and say four weeks in like they're three and one and he's looking good or they're like well he's definitely better than Rosen obviously correct. You know, Darnold's still out so you'd probably say he's better than him because Darnold didn't show anything last year. So you, there you're putting him the third at worst you know maybe you know it depends on how. Well, what if he goes and stinks up the joint on uh, yeah. Sunday but. Th- then I think you can't really judge him on one game either. Right. It's not fair to him. You got to give him a body of work. But uh, but if he does play well the rest of the season, Trapasso should be able to dunk on Brady. Mm-hmm. Like like I think we should make we should like tape Brady's like t- get some duct tape and tape his arms behind his back, and he has to stand underneath a little basketball goal. And Trapasso will get a trampoline, and Trapasso gets a running start and just gets to like just go full Greg Paulus. Um, I don't want to say tea bag, but you know whatever you want to call it on Brady. Hopefully or we Brady can make, or we can make Brady stand there and, and finally admit he's a member of the media, which he won't do. 
the over seven to one in the past eight games following a straight up win for San Francisco. Pittsburgh has been terrible, as any Steelers fan will tell you, on the West Coast. Uh, but I do think that a lot of that oftentimes it feels like they're playing the a bad team. Like it's not like they're going to play Seattle in a primetime game or anything. And I wonder if this team won't be more focused. Sometimes Mike Tomlin feels like he's loses focus going to play a team like the 49ers or the Raiders, um, and they slip up in those games. I wonder if this, you know, Sunday afternoon game, knowing their backs are against a the wall, they got a rookie or not a rookie, a, you know, a, a new starter in there, if you will. I feel like I, I think they're going to play really well. I think the Steelers are going to win this game outright. I would do a money line parlay. The Steelers are plus six and a half for one of my best bets, but I would do a money line parlay on the Steelers and the Ravens this week because that pays out pretty nicely. I don't, love the, I don't love the game, but I'd probably lean to the Niners, home opener, long trip for the Steelers, first-time quarterback starting. Everything is against them. But they're the Steelers, and they've had a tendency to rise up in certain situations. But still, I, I, my lean is to the Niners. What would the spread be if Roethlisberger was in the game? The spread would uh, – the look-ahead line was Pittsburgh minus one. Yeah, so it's seven, it's seven and a half points. Uh, yeah, if, if they would have lost that game to Seattle and San Fran looked as good as they did, maybe it's Pickham, maybe it's San Fran. So it's six one. points, six and a half, six points for the quarterback. So, um, look, it's probably an overlay, but I, I probably lean to the Niners. Don't yeah. love it. Yeah, I'm with Brinson. Best bet on the Steelers plus six and a half. He made a good point about the focus. You know, usually they're kind of sleepwalking when they go to the West Coast, but you can't do that now. It's your first game of Mason Rudolph. Everybody's probably going to be on their game. Minka's in. That'll give a shot to the, uh, the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I think of the line moving seven and a half. It's not too much, too much based on how Rudolph looked. I think at the beginning of the season, seven and a half would probably be a good number, but then Big Ben looks bad. Rudolph looked good. And then I, seven and a half is probably too much to move that line. So San Fran has feasted on bad offensive lines, uh, but Pittsburgh has one of the best in the game. So this isn't Tampa. This isn't one of those type of teams where you can just run through them and then get your left turnover. side has been playing very well though. Yeah, but it's still, still a good, it it's a team with continuity. You know, it's, it's a, it's an offensive line. I'm not that worried about uh, Pittsburgh's D's face two playoff caliber teams. They're going to be better moving forward. They're not going to be as bad as they looked against a new England or a Seattle. So I think San Fran's probably over overrated due to the competition they played. And it's going to be a close game. Uh, I, I don't mind betting the money line, but I think, you know, at worst it's a three point game. No Joe Staley worries me a little bit, too. Mm. That that hurts there. So, uh, look, I don't love the game, but uh, I, and normally in this kind of situation, I would take the Steelers. I'm just concerned about the rookie quarterback starting his first game on the road. That's concerning. Are you well, are you in, are you in uh, on the well, second? But you know, first time starter. You know what I mean? Huh? Are you are you in on the 49ers yet, Pete? Where, where do you stand at them after? Mm. Two, I mean, you win two road games in the NFL. It's hard to do to open a season. I got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, are you ready G- for a 49ers Bills Super Bowl? Hey. Both win two road games start the season? Yeah. That, they both have a good doing that. They give them a chance to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. though. By the way, you know, the other thing that occurred to me with that, that, uh, Dolphin situation, they got blasted, right? Uh, the Jaguars, that team in 2013, played the Broncos and the Seahawks, who were the most dominant teams in football. And then those two teams met in the Super Bowl. Just food for thought if the Cowboys do the same thing to the Dolphins or the Patriots did to the Dolphins. Yeah. Maybe they're the two best teams in football. You're all in on the Cowboys now, huh? You jump from the Vikings to the Cowboys, huh? No, no. I'm just saying, like, the Cowboys have looked awesome. <laughs> two uh, weeks in, two weeks in. <laughs> would you, would you, I mean, I, I'm not insane enough to make the 49ers 11th in my power rankings, but I mean, yeah. I where was. Were the, where were the Cowboys in your power rankings? Fifth. Fifth. You're all in too. What is the, what is well, the, I didn't pick the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl. I didn't put them ahead the of the Packers. Packers are two. Vikings are down lower. I don't remember. Like ninth, get out of here! You still no, they're not. They're not. They're not ninth. They're not. Yeah, they are. 
No, they're not. I don't think they are. They're fourth. Um, just kidding. Saints, Seahawks, Seahawks minus four. Saints, wow. Saints have, Saints are 0 7 in their last seven games overall against the spread. Not ideal. 0 7, 0 6 against the spread in their last six games following against the spread loss. Okay. That makes sense because they're 0 7. Uh, I'm going to have to call you out. Bad stat, Debo. Sorry, buddy. Uh, and 0 and 5 against the spread against, against a team with a winning record. RJ, what do you think about, uh, the Seahawks here? And are you surprised that the line only moved the way, what was the look ahead line? Are you surprised it only moved a certain amount, uh, based on the Teddy Bridgewater drop off compared to what we saw in that line in, in Pittsburgh and San Francisco? No, the pick, the look ahead line was a pick em, And then, you know, so it's moved four points before the season when I did my ratings. I said three and a half, maybe four. Um, you know, Breeze, Hadn't looked quite as good. Bridgewater looked bad. That's my issue with taking the Saints in this game. That's why I'm making the Seahawks a best bet. You know, Russell Wilson hasn't lost in, at home in September at all. Seahawks are 15 at 0 in September since 2010, 12 and 3 against the spread. Um, Teddy looked bad. You know, now we've got a game and a half of data going back to week 17 of last year. He didn't look good either. So I liked, liked him. I thought it was a good fit with him. He's going to have to show something now because it's time's kind of running out on him. That New Orleans defense allowed 28 and 27 points. Their stats were pretty bad across the board while the Seattle offense played well on the road i think if seattle's getting to 24 points you know at worst you're going to get a push because i don't think the saints score more than 20 with teddy bridgewater in seattle so that's why i'm going to take seattle with the best bet because i think 24 is pretty easy for them to get to i'm with you i think seattle's the play here but uh it, the number looks funky to me uh, i think it should be more like six that's why uh, i think because based on way bridgewater well, it, played what's well, the perception that bridgewater is the best backup yeah. in the league you know based yeah. on when they're paying him I, I, and he's not and then Taysom hill isn't any good either i mean neither one of them are very good so they're going to be problem scoring up there even though Seattle's defense hasn't been great uh, Andy Dalton threw for 400 up there a couple weeks ago but uh, I, I just can't see this this Saints team back-to-back road games on the west coast but they did stay on the west coast that's which helps but still the, the Drew Brees is that team he's the he's the guy I can't see him keeping up I'm with you I like Seattle by the way I I got Seattle's the best bet here um, I also like Michael Thomas as a DFS play uh, Teddy throw Bridgewater. Seattle, by the way, throw Seattle in as a best bet for me too. I, I okay. the more that I think Ooh. about it, I, I that- somehow it looks funky though. The line looks funky to me a little bit. I think they're overrating Bridgewater. Yeah, probably. It only looks funky because you see what the San Francisco Pittsburgh line is. Like I'm telling you, that line is that's a crazy swing. That's seven and a half points, yeah. or seven, whatever you want to call it, seven points for a. From- Vegas doesn't think much of uh, Mr. Rudolph, do they? <laughs> yeah, but like. <laughs> Like, like the, the Dolphins bench Fitzpatrick and that line went up, and it went up a point. It went from 20 and a half to 21 and a half from Fitzpatrick to Rosen. Uh, so alright, we got Pete on Seahawks minus four as well. Is that our only consensus so far? I think it is. Yeah. We don't have consensus parlay this week. That thing. Uh, no, rot- we like the, like the over on the Ravens Chiefs. That's right. Did we have a, was our parlay consensus parlay last week was rotten, wasn't it? I think we might have hit three of the four. We definitely missed because Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. We all have Pittsburgh as the best bet. I think the other ones were good. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can find it. I wrote it down somewhere. Moving along. Did I even say what the next game was? I'm doing a great job, aren't I? I I should have scrolled back up. Oh, yeah, I know. We might have another one right here. Lions at Eagles. Eagles minus six. Over under 45 and a half. RJ, there's a lot of people missing from this game, aren't there? 
Yeah, line has dropped a point. Uh, you know, it was it started at seven, but Philadelphia has so many injuries. I think it should have dropped more, and it might actually do get a little bit lower. Looks like the top two receivers for the Eagles will be out now: Sean Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Goddard's probably going to be out too. Malik Jackson's already out on the defensive line. Timmy Jernigan just joined him. Several others on D are banged up. I mean, the, we knew coming into the season the Eagles had a lot of depth. That's why they were my Super Bowl team because they had the depth to overcome injuries. They didn't have enough depth to overcome this many injuries in two weeks. So Detroit's played well despite missing a couple key guys, especially on defense. I've been kind of impressed by what they've done. Uh, Lions pass offense is seventh in net yards per attempt. I think they'll give the struggling defensive back troubles if the the the, the, the Eagles defensive line doesn't get pressure on them. Uh, Philly's also on the road for Thursday game in Green Bay after this, so you gotta they might be caught looking ahead a little bit. Detroit's obviously a weaker team; they're playing them at home. Um, they could get caught a little bit flat-footed here, thinking about that trip to Green Bay. So this game's going to be closer than people think. Don't love it, but I'd probably lean to the other side a little bit, uh, just because Wentz. I think Wentz is going to have some opportunities. The Lions have done some good things, and you mentioned their defense has been pretty good at times. I still think there are people in the secondary you could pick on. Slay hasn't been as good this year. That's another one. You know, he hadn't played up to his level of expectations. It's still early. I know. But who's he going to throw? Like Aguilar? I know. Is it Aguilar is going to throw to Ertz a lot? Play? He's going to throw to Ertz. He's going to have to. He's going to catch ten balls in the first half. Catch twenty. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I like the Eagles. I don't love them. I'm I'm a little hesitant. That's a big bloated number for a team that's banged up. It probably will go down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, our parlay. Was Steelers minus four, Giants under forty three and a half. That hit right. Yeah, twenty eight fourteen. Yep. Yep. Barely. Broncos plus two and a half. That hit by half a point. And the Patriots under forty nine. That barely hit. So if the Steelers hadn't hosed us, they had a chance to kind of come back and steal something late. Uh, we we're been gonna hit one of these one of these times. Yeah, we're close. One one time. Yep. Um, I got the Lions here as a best bet too. I bet them early in the week. I got them at seven. I still like it at six. I just think Detroit is. You see, there's a little bit of a misperception here. I think they're one zero and one. Obviously, as the record states, they should be an easy two and zero. They should have taken care of Arizona. That well, game should have been well, well, I mean, they easy. probably shouldn't have beat the Chargers last week. Too wasn't an easy win, but it was. Eckler fumbled on the one yard line, and Philip Rivers. I'm not saying it was an easy win. I'm saying they should have. Well, if you're going to say they should be two and zero, they shouldn't have. Won, they probably shouldn't have won the game. They won. They should. They beat the Chargers. The, with the Chargers peeing down their leg in September is nothing new. <laughs> he said, "Wait, think about this, RJ." He says they should be two and zero, so they should have beat beat the Cardinals, correct? Yes, but they probably shouldn't have beat the, the Chargers either. So you even doubt. I think they should have beaten the Chargers. I thought that I picked them to beat. What the was Chargers the score like, when Eckler fumbled on the one yard line? Was it? Weren't they up? I had a game tracker in front of me. Oh, it was like ten six. It was. It's a low scoring game. They put them up at more than a touchdown, though. I think so. At that yeah. Point. I mean, I'm Brinson. not going to go with the Brinson, Brinson, now you're replacing the Vikings with the Lions. I like it. Keep going in the division. You might get one right. <laughs> I think the Lions are underrated is all I'm saying, and I don't think they should be a touchdown or six-point underdogs to a Philly team that is banged up with a banged-up car with a hurt Carson Wentz. He was grabbing his ribs. He missed. They missed the, the, the Eagles are so banged up, they skipped practice on Wednesday. They just canceled practice. They canceled practice. That's how banged up they are. And Carson Wentz's, like Carson Wentz's media availability disappeared. There, there, people, you know, Jeff McClain's like, I'll find out more about this. And I, I mean, look at this. Deshaun Jackson is, is going to be, he's, he, I think he's, all, I don't know if he's ruled out, but I don't think he's playing in this game. Alshon Jeffrey won't play. I don't think Dallas Goddard will play. Timmy Jernigan's out. They're missing a ton of dudes. And Carson Wentz is really good and he's gr- a magician on third down. But Matthew Stafford looks like he's completely healthy. Kenny Galladay's in the middle of a breakout. They can't guard anybody down the field. And uh, Carryon Johnson is going to have a nice little afternoon running the football. So I like the Lions to win the game. And so again, win the yeah, game. 
I think they could too. But with all those pass catchers, what's the game plan then? You got to stick to the running the ball. And when you run the ball, you can have lower scoring under. games, under e- easier easier chance for the uh, the underdog to cover because it's a closer exactly. game. So I think that plays into our our plus six as well. Exactly. And uh, I'll tell you, here's the money line parlay. It's the underdog money line parlay special. Everybody who listens, take it and tweet it to me. Just a small unit, but you take the Lions, the Steelers. And the Ravens. Those are the three teams that are going to surprise and win outright by six-point spreads. And it pays, Pete, I've actually already got it up, it pays 33-and-a-half to one. Sprinkle. So you're putting a hundy on it. Put a hundy on it. <laughs> Sprinkle a hundred on it. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, if, I, yeah, if you put a hundred on it, that pays, Pete, what? $3,372. So I like that. Last one, Pete, we'll get you out of here. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Bears at the Redskins. Monday night. Hate this Ooh, game. What? I hate this game. <laughs> have you seen Apps, what's prime time have television? <laughs> Absolutely hate this game. It's have anything seen, and everything. What's that, Prison? What have you seen what happened to, uh, somebody tweeted this and this is not a knock on ESPN. It's just unfortunate luck. The Monday night football schedule with it's all these quarterbacks, it is a disaster. It's awful. Like next week is, next week is Mason Rudolph versus Ryan Finley. If Andy Dalton, the way survive. Trubisky, the way Trubisky's playing, he may as well have a backup in there. I mean, he looks like a backup. He's playing like crap. He looks awful. Uh, but, Bears four Redskins. What do you think, Pete? I mean, I hate the game. It's anything and everything I don't believe in in football because I don't. I think the offenses are terrible. I think when you look at what the Bears do on offense, they've been struggling big time. Trubisky stinks. But I'm taking the Bears defense in this game. I'll lay the four. I don't want to, but I'm not taking the Redskins at home with four points against that defense. I'm just not going to do it. They should flex this game to like 1987. <laughs> uh, my lean is. I lean to the Redskins plus four. I can't lay points with that Bears offense on the road. Taking the I don't want to. Point. My best bet is under 41 and a half. You know, I don't know how they're scoring points in this game. Mitchell Trubisky on the road against a solid defense. I mean, Chicago's 30th in points per drive on offense, fourth on defense. Washington D struggled so far, but they played the Eagles and the Cowboys, two pretty good offenses. Um, so tough defensive test for the Washington offense, though. You know, I wouldn't count on a bunch of scoring. I mean, this game is going to be one of those like 16 to 13. Yeah. Ugly, terrible. Game. So I'm taking, I'm taking the Redskins plus four. I'm definitely taking the under. Yep. I, uh, I took the under when it was 42. So my question for you are that's, would you still take it at 40 or 40 and a half? Cause it's already down to 41 now. By the time people listen on on Friday, I mean maybe it'll linger around. I I would bet that by Monday it's down to in the thirties. I would. Um, the you know we don't we don't know what happened in Titans Jaguars is coming out Friday for people, but that over unders got down to thirty eight. I kind of like the over in that because I kind of like what I've seen from Minshew. I would have more confidence in this game going under than that one, and that one's already you know two points under what we're looking at right now for Bears Redskins. Is this like the Broncos game for the Bears? Like right, 13, got, 12, right, some, 17. Like, there's going to be two touchdowns total. At one point, and then they score fewer. Yeah, I just think, it, I th- for me, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points either. Um, by the way, Pete, I found out what you were doing this morning when they couldn't find you at the office. What's that? Uh, David Purdom tweets that a uh, better place to two-team money line parlay last night at Caesars Palace. Risk $89,000 to win $4,050 in the Patriots and Cowboys. That might be one of the five dumbest bets I've ever seen in my life. Is that dumb? I mean, like, if, I mean, you got to be rich to do it. But like, if you've but got, you got to win four hundred fifty right. bucks. If you're rich, what's four hundred fifty bucks? Right. If you if you have eighty nine thousand dollars to bet on that parlay, what is the extra four thousand right. going to do for you? What is it? Eighty nine thousand to win four thousand? It was. Yeah, it's not worth it. Why is he risking? Why? I mean, but like, why just eighty nine thousand? Is there some sort of? 
It's got to be like a group of like. It's it's really stupid. If the guys that that that's the thing probably lost the rest of them. There's a lot of rich people who aren't very smart. And how they get rich? The old fashioned way. They inherited it. Pete, we have to, uh, again, no, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna pass you along to our heirs, the next yes. show that you're scheduled to do. Uh, we're gonna take a break right now, but let's get your best bets first. You wanna walk us through them? You want me to do it? No, I got, oh, there they are. I got the over in the Kansas City game. I got the Chiefs, cause I don't believe in the Ravens just yet. I'm taking Kirk Cousins, cause I'm a believer, cause it's not a big game. I'm taking New England, minus the 22 and a half, even though I hate to lay big numbers. Uh, and I'm also taking Seattle. Because I think New Orleans that, but that number favorites. That I know I'm I'm favorite guy this week. I'm all in on favorites, and I oh, like dogs. Way, I'm usually a dog player. A lot of favorites. Before we let you go, uh, last week we RJ and I were like we think Pete would be in on the Patriots under, so we wrangled that in to get a three team parlay. Are you okay if we bring you in on something else? That yeah, we absolutely. On? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. But uh, for now, we just have to two games on the under on the the Chiefs over and the Seahawks minus four. We'll see after the break if we want to add to that parlay. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, time to dig a little deeper into the picks. Pete Prisco has departed us. R.I.P. Pete. R.J. White and I still here. We're still holding down a video. You can watch the video version of this podcast at youtube.com slash CBS Sports. It is up before the audio version. You're desperate to have us invade your life at an earlier date than we normally do. It's usually up on Thursday afternoon. So you could maybe you don't want to watch Jaguars Titans or whatever else is on Thursday. Maybe you want to watch me and RJ talk about picks. Do it. Go click the link. The more or do both. Like we said last week, sync the video with the audio on like your Google device or whatever your Amazon Echo and have us going on multiple platforms. That is best for us. So pick six podcast people, you do your thing. You're great at it. Um, let's move on to the picks though. By the way, we're doing the best bets parlay, the pick six parlay. The first two legs that we mentioned before, Chiefs over 53 and the uh, Seahawks. Seahawks minus four, excuse me. Uh, we are also adding, per Pete as he departed the set, the under on the Redskins-Bears on Monday night. RJ, are we um, taking that at 41? I believe it's 41. Let me look at what we have right now in front of I us. Think I think it's 41 right now. I see 41s and 41s and a half, but 41s pretty common. So let's just say 41. Let's do it at 41 for the sake of, you know, transparency. We're not, gonna, we're not trying to cheat y'all. No, nah, we're trying to make y'all money. One of the, one of these are these going to start hitting. I'm telling you, they're not like we went three for four on it last week and should have could have easily gotten it if Ben Roethlisberger hadn't been hurt. Um, 
Speaking of unders, Broncos at Packers. Packers minus seven and a half. The over-under is 43. I've been had my heart broken a little too much by the Broncos here, RJ, to dive on Broncos against the spread. They should have won outright last week. They should have cut. Co- they did cover it, unless you got it really late. Uh, I like this under, though. 43. The Packers defense is very good. The Broncos defense is better than it's played. It has actually, re- you know, kept opponents to a low scoring output. Although they don't have, pre- haven't produced a sack yet this year. I think they'll get one this, uh, this week at Lambeau. I like the Packers to stay inside the number. I mean, the Broncos to stay inside the number, but I don't like it as much as the under. I took it at 43 when it came out. Uh, what say you on this game? I also lean to the under. I think my stronger leans on the Packers on the other side of you. Um, you know, Packers D's been awesome, minus one big Dalvin Cook play. Aside from that, they've just been locking it down. Uh, Broncos offense is first in average time and plays per drive. You know, you cited that stat a little earlier. Uh, they're only 19th in points scored per drive, though. So they, they're keeping the ball. They're running all the plays. They're doing what they want to do on offense, and they're just not scoring any points. Um, so that that's just a failure of trying to, you know, get down and get, get into the end zone and get the points that you need. Broncos defense got gashed by Derek Carr in a much easier environment, um, you know, when they were on the road the first time. Now they're on the road against Green Bay. You know, I think a Green Bay offensive line being healthy, they're going to score at least more than the 24 points the Raiders manage. It's going to be Green Bay's breakout game to me, even though Denver does have a solid defense. Um, when you take into account that Green Bay has a four-point home field advantage in my ratings, I think I would make this line in the double digits. I'd probably make it 10, maybe even 11. So I think there's a lot of value with minus seven and a half. I mentioned that teaser earlier, teasing the Packers and Vikings. Those are the two clear teaser teams because they're in that seven and a half, eight and a half range. If you tease them both down under three, I think that's probably going to catch. Mm, I like that teaser actually because I do think I do think the Packers will win. I think the Broncos are going to keep it close though. I'm telling you, Joe Flacco has been playing better than people believe. He said to himself for the 750th time this week to make himself actually believe it. Right when it's when it's 17 nothing and you're like, why did I take Joe Flacco in Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers? You just remember. I will moment. definitely I will 100% slack you that about <laughs> at a 1:45 on uh, on oh, that is an early game, right? 1:45 on Sunday. Bengals at the Bills. That's going to be a CBS game, right? The Bengals five and zero against the spread in their last five road games, as John Breach pointed out to us at, in our work chat. Um, he, uh, the Bengals lost like by an average of five points last year in the road games, excluding, uh, not, uh, non primetime games. Andy Dalton, very good on the road in non primetime games. Bills minus six. What do you think about this game? Yeah, six is a lot for a Buffalo team that still has stuff to prove. You know, they, they look good in the first two weeks on the road, but their Jets and Giants aren't, aren't going to be good teams this year. Before that Buffalo rally in week one where they won the game, this line probably would have been minus three, right? Um, going into the week two, you know, look ahead lines before week two happens. So would you move it three points based off what happened in week two with the Bengals looking terrible against San Francisco? Um, I think that's probably a little bit too much of an overreaction. Bill's past, he's been stellar. They're a league best 4.4 net yards per attempt. Since he can't run, league worst 1.8 yards per attempt. So those are two things that say since he's going to try to throw the ball, but Bills are really good at defending the D. But even with that, Buffalo facing New England at home next week could get caught napping here. I think they do win this game, but I think it's a lower scoring. They win by three or four since he keeps it close. Since he, I do have confidence in being able to cover the back door if needed, if you're going to go with the Bengals because Dalton has looked good in the first two weeks. So my lean would be the Bengals. I'm not going to make it a best bet though, just because the bills have looked pretty good. The, uh, the Buffalo bills in a trap game for the division title, just like you saw before the season. You knew that was coming. Of course, two weeks in, I knew the bills were going to look like a playoff team. I, th- the, I think the Bills are good. I'll take the Bills minus six. It's not as the best bet. I- I'd go Bills if I'm taking it. I think the one, the strength of the Bills is re- I think they can get pressure on Andy Dalton, and he just hasn't. I mean, they they look bad against the 49ers when they got pressure on him. Maybe some garbage time yardage for him. Falcons at the Colts. Colts minus one and a half. The one and one Colts over under 47. What do you think here? 
My best bet is going to be on the Falcons. You know, I think it's going to be contingent upon the injury report. We saw Marlon Mack didn't practice to start the week. Uh, Darius Leonard dealing with a concussion. Those are two huge losses for them, one on each side of the ball. I don't think Pierre Desir is going to play. That's also bad for Indy D against a group of receivers that, you know, were one of the better ones in the league with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Um, the Indy pass offense has been awful. I'm not sure they can pick the slack up if Mack is out and, you you know, you can't lean on the run as much as you do. That Atlanta D has actually been solid. They're just done in by bad turnovers by the offense getting put in bad positions because the D is 8th in net yards per pass attempt and 8th in yards per rush attempt. So both sides of the ball, that what you're trying to do, what you're trying to defend, run and the pass, they're actually playing pretty well. So I think Atlanta is probably a little bit better than what we've seen so far, what the, what the uh, their 1-1 one one record would indicate. I would take them to go into the Colts in an indoor stadium. So it's a road game, but they're playing indoors and to probably come out here with a win. I got the Colts uh, lean that way, but I don't, I don't love it. Little, the injuries are scaring me. If Marlon Max out, it's like, I mean, it's Naheem Hines and, uh, Jordan Wilkins running the ball. That's a, that's a red flag. Max been really good. And Quinn Williams is an awesome blocker up front. Uh, but I, I, I like, the, I like the Colts in the spot. I wouldn't be surprised if this game went over either. I, I know you'd like, uh, Atlanta's defense, but yeah, Matt Ryan's not that great. By the way, we'll the see, Colts don't we'll, until November 17th. Or the, the Colts, the if the Colts have to lean on their, their pass game though, I don't know if it's going to go over because so much is set up through their run game. And if Marlon Mack is out, then that's a little bit of an issue for them. Cause can Jacoby Brissett throw the ball downfield and, and score the kind of points you need to, to get this game over? I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is Jacoby Brissett podcast. If this wasn't the pick six podcast, it'd be the Jacoby Brissett podcast. Um, or the QBU podcast. Giants at Bucks. Once upon a time, the Buccaneers drafted a quarterback at NC State. That's a segue for you. Daniel Jones. An ACC quarterback, not an NC State quarterback from Duke. He will make his first career start. The Eli Manning era is over, as we covered uh, numerous times over the course of this week on the podcast. The Buccaneers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. They're one-and-one. They might be the best bet to win the NFC South at six-to-one. And uh, they're going to have a hungry Giants team coming in looking to make Daniel Jones look good. Do you think a rookie quarterback can go on the road in Tampa and pull off the upset over-under here 47-and-a-half? I don't see why not, uh, cause Tampa's not that hard of a place to play. I would lean to the Giants just cause Buccaneers aren't a good enough team to be, like I like the Bills, you know, with their minus six, I think is too much. They haven't proven enough to be minus six. The Buccaneers, I wouldn't make them six and a half against anybody but the Dolphins at this point. So I'm not gonna play this game though. Both teams can be Jekyll and Hyde on both sides of the ball. Bucks D, I know, look good through two weeks, especially against the run. They're third in, uh, yards per attempt there. So, you know, the Giants are gonna wanna do everything they can with Barkley, but the O needs to get healthy and give Daniel Jones some help because the receivers just don't look good right now. I think the Giants Giants D is bad enough for Tampa to win. I'm not sure they cover because if Daniel Jones sparks that offense, you could be seeing a little bit of a higher scoring game. And I don't know, six and a half is a lot for the Buccaneers to cover because I just don't know that they're that good. They had a win total of what six coming into the season, six six and a half. So you're you're putting them, you know, putting a uh, them up on a pedestal. I think at this point, kind of uh, elevating them higher than what their status has shown so far. Have you seen Toy Story four? No. Okay, I don't know how many people have seen this who are watching this video, have seen Toy Story Four, uh, but listening too. Can you can you throw that picture of Daniel Jones back up here? I don't want to tweet this because I'm worried it comes across a little too mean. Um, but Daniel Jones looks a lot like Forky, and uh, if you don't know who Forky, RJ, you can't laugh at that because you haven't seen it. But Forky, look, if you get Google Forky, Google Forky Toy Story Four, and then see what he looks like in that Daniel Jones headshot. Anyway, it's kind of mean. Feel bad about it, but it's a bad look. That's not, he doesn't look like that. He looks like Forky. Uh, moving along. So I don't want to keep talking about it. I would take the, I would take the Giants too. Six and a half is too much for a Bucks team that played like crap against the Panthers and just got lucky because Carolina was trotting out the, not washed up, but just to take him out to pasture and shoot him for the year Cam Newton 
Uh, Texans at the Chargers. The Chargers minus three. I think it's actually bumped up to three and a half on the market. It's obviously we use Westgate lines for the super contest. Over under 47 and a half. Chargers have a home field advantage, RJ. One, four and one against the spread in their last six home games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and four against the spread in their last four games in week three. Oh, three and one against the spread in their last four games in September. They, they've like improved from talented team that loses September games to talented team that can't cover September games now. Yeah, the Texans are pretty healthy. Chargers definitely aren't. Um, you know, you said three and a halves are out there. I know it's three in most spots. It depends on what juice you're going to get. It seems like it wants to go to three and a half because I know the Westgate's up to minus 120. Um, my lean would be to the over here. Um, Keenan Allen was limited in Wednesday, you know, as things just keep on getting worse for the Chargers, but I think they'll have enough there to score some points against a Texans defense that I don't think is very good. Um, Chargers, as you said, don't have a great home field advantage. If I was leaning one way, I'd hope it get to three and a half so I can take the Texans. Um, I think both offenses can bounce back after bad weeks last week and uh score some points this week so my lean would be to over 47 and a half but i'm not that you know happy about it um by the way this over has already climbed up to 48 and a half and 49 in certain spots would you take it at that number uh at 49 it's a stay away i would think about it at 48 and a half but 49 i just at that point i don't 50 is a lot for these teams I, I maybe I saw three and a half in uh, a Pickham's league that I do. Like you can do your own office pool in CBSSports.com. By the way, you should try that. Um, and if you want to, if you're into joining stuff and you want to join something else, you should uh, should join the Pick Six Podcast Facebook group. I will personally answer every single one of your lineup questions on Sunday or throughout the week. Check before all the primetime games. To, and if you've got a gambling question, you can throw it in there uh, too. Don't DM me lineup questions. Stop doing it. I don't want to answer those. Uh, but if you go to the group, go to Facebook.com, search Pick 6 Podcast, it'll pop up. I promise you, you'll get your question answered. There's actually a pretty cool community going on in there. People jump in there and answer their questions uh, as well. Rams at the Browns. Oh, man, last game. We escaped Panthers-Cardinals. I messed that up, sorry. Panthers-Cardinals, Cardinals minus three. That line just came back up on my local. I grabbed Panthers minus – I grabbed Cardinals plus three and the Cardinals' money line before the Cam Newton news came out. And I'm not bra- – I mean, I am bragging, but I'm not bragging for just to brag. The point being is if you ever see a situation like that and it looks like the quarterback might be out and you can get to your, your book fast enough, go get it down and then come back and, and window it the other way. Because now if it ends up Cardinals minus three, I'm going to have a six-point window. If somebody wins by three points or less, I got a chance at cashing both of those. And I'm going to hit the money line on the other side, and then I'm guaranteed to win, like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something. It's a free $20, so you take that, right, RJ? Yeah, sure. I mean, I just I, – I handicap the game as it is when, you know, when it's happening. So if I thought that there was some – you know, if Kyle Allen, I thought, and the Panthers were going to win this game, I don't know that I'd necessarily just take the car, the the Panthers – the Cardinal side to take them, you know, thinking that I'm going to bet at the other side and try to hit a window. You know, if I just think the Panthers are the better team, I just take the Panthers. Um, I don't mind to play on the Cardinals if Cam sits out. It's two and a half everywhere now. So if you want to play the Cardinals, it's fine. Kyler was solid against a good Ravens team. I like him at home here. You know, Cam to Kyle Allen, a healthy Cam to Kyle Allen is a massive downgrade. And I can't trust Carolina to win on the road. So probably going to be a stay away from me. But at two and a half, I would at least think about the Cardinals. All right, wait, wait, but what would you do? All right, so let's say you're me and you have Cardinals plus three. What are you doing? Just riding it out? Then, yeah, just win your money. I mean, you have the best of the line for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, by six points. So why only only try to that window and and put that the Panthers down at plus three is if you think they're going to stay within three points without Cam Newton. I don't see any reason why to do it otherwise. I mean, you have the advantage right now. Just why are you sacrificing money off the advantage? You're going to win that bet more often than not. 
That's probably true. I did that on the Browns. I never got, I wanted to take, I took the Browns at minus two and a half when the Darnold news broke. I was waiting on, um, the seven line probably. to get to Jets minus, or, uh, Browns minus seven. I was going to take the Jets plus seven. It never happened. So I just wrote out the Browns minus two and a half and that worked out pretty well. So maybe I'll do the same thing again this week. Yeah. Just write it out. Okay. So I lost one of my best bets is the, uh, is the, the Cardinals plus three. Don't think you can get that anymore. Yeah, it's kind of a fake line. So good job. I see how you're seven and three and winning in the best bet. So good job with that. <laughs> fake news. Uh, Rams minus three at the Browns over under 49. I know that you've got a, uh, you have a best bet here as well. Yeah, my best bet is the Rams minus three. I don't want to read into the win over the Jets too much for Cleveland. They look not like the dominant team, but, you know, Trevor Simeon was awful. The Jets were just playing from behind the whole time. I think Cleveland still has plenty to prove, especially on offense. The Rams offense keeps chugging along, plus they have the big coaching advantage here. I'll take McVay over Kitchens anytime. Rams are pretty healthy, while eight Browns missed the first practice with injury. The right tackle, Chris Hubbard's in a walking boot. Njoku, we know, is out. Several other issues to key personnel. I give the Rams secondary a better chance of slowing down the Cleveland receivers and vice versa if we're just talking about when they're healthy. Now with the injuries concerns on Cleveland coming out of that win that probably felt a little fraudulent because of just the way the Jets were dealing with injuries. I think the Rams are probably the better position team here and I would take them to win by three pretty easily. I like the Browns when the line first came out uh, plus three home on a primetime dog, but the more I think about it, the, the harder it is to sort of get there with the Browns mainly because LA went on the road, you know, in, in week one and took care of business against a Panthers team that played really well. We agreed. I mean, like we don't think Cam Newton was hurt again until week two. And then they, you know, played a Saints team that lost Drew Brees. I think they're probably being discounted because of the quarterback injuries, but I'm, I mean, the Saints defense is a lot better than people think. Um, I, I'm starting to come back around to LA. I, I don't know what I'm going to do in my Pickums League, but no, no best bet here for me. Uh, but I, I think I might agree with you on the Rams. I, I like the points at home on a Sunday night. I don't want to bet against Baker in prime time, but man, that, that Browns offensive line is terrible. And if it's banged up, it's going to make for a long night for Baker Mayfield. And Let's he hasn't looked that good either. I mean, ba- Baker oh. on his own, he's not played that well. And, you know, of course they had that easy win, but you, you take it to maybe his eyes are dropping too quickly because he knows the offensive line is trash. But whatever yeah. it is, he's just not playing well. He doesn't look like the guy that, that everybody fell in love with last year. So you can say sophomore slump. You could say whatever you want. Um, but I don't think that we need to put Baker Mayfield up on a pedestal and say he's like a top six, top eight quarterback like he was being drafted in fantasy leagues at this point. Dude, people drafted him in like the fifth or sixth round. Right. Yeah, you're toast if you did that. Okay, let's recap our best bets. First, Pete Prisco, just so you you have it on here for the podcast and the video. Baltimore, Kansas City, over. He also has the Chiefs, minus 6.5. The Minnesota Vikings, minus 8.5. The New England Patriots, minus 22.5. And, and the Seattle Seahawks, minus 4. Old popular Pete Prisco popping up with some, with some, uh, some faves. RJ, do you want to recap yours? I got the Lions plus six. I got the uh, Falcons plus one and a half at Indy. Seattle minus four against New Orleans at home, just like Pete. Got Pittsburgh to keep it within six and a half at San Francisco. Got the Rams minus three at Cleveland. Taking the over on the Baltimore-Kansas City game at 53 points. Taking the under on Chicago and Washington at 41 and a half points. Uh, Pittsburgh and San Francisco, I got uh, Pittsburgh plus six and a half. I also have Baltimore plus six and a half. Uh, excuse me. Yes, Baltimore plus six and a half. I had the Lions plus six, and I would take 
I would parlay all three plus the points, and I would sprinkle a little bit on all three on a money line parlay. I think those three teams are going to win outright. I have Minnesota minus eight and a half like Pete, Seattle minus four like Pete and RJ, and uh, the Green Bay Denver under and the Chicago Washington under. So the three games that we agree on, because we didn't find one that we loved enough to bring Pete in on uh, at the end, we've got the Chicago-Washington under. That's a Monday night game. This is a pick six parlay. Put all three of these in a parlay. Post your uh, post your tickets to the Facebook group. Tweet them at us, at RJ White one at Will Brinson, at, P- at Prisco CBS. We have the Seahawks minus four, the Chiefs over, and on Monday night, the Redskins Bears under. It'll be fun. We'll forget the first two, and then we'll have a big old dance party on Monday. Talk about how we're going to win that parlay on Monday night. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, RJ? Good luck this week. I'm seven and three in the super contest. I hope I can get four or five winners here and, and, you know, go into week four looking really good. But this is when it starts to get tough. You know, you get week one, you just have to kind of know the strengths of the league. And, and if you're better, if you're better than what the market is, then you're going to be good. Then you play against overreactions in week two. And now, you know, the actual game starts in week three. So we'll see how it is from here. Where does seven and three put you in the total standings of the super contest? Uh, I don't know exactly. I, looked, I didn't check it after the Cleveland game, but um, you know, everybody and their brother had Cleveland. So I would think that I am, I was like 94th going into that tied for 94th or 95th. So I would think I'm probably in the 200 to 300 range just because all these people jumped me with Cleveland. Mm. All right. Well, oh, that's right. Everybody had Cleveland minus two and a half. Well, we were wrong about that one. That's fine. We're wrong sometimes. We're wrong. We were right about the Cleveland covering but we were wrong about the value in going against him at least you didn't take the jets like pete prisco said too <laughs> all right that's it for the pick six podcast picks edition i'm will brinson for rj white and pete prisco make sure and subscribe rate and review and we will uh we make sure and check out our thursday night recap separate podcast now moving forward and uh, we'll be back on sunday night to recap everything thanks as always for listening and for watching Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.